Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life-changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer White and Ellen Trackman. Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Hi, Jen. Hey, I'm here. And we have been promoting and are excited to have an update from a guest from five years ago. Right? It's been a hot minute for sure. Yeah. And it's good to have kind of happy, happy ending ish, you know, but bumps in the road. So we're excited to share this next chapter of um, Jessica Field's life. Um, I mean, a very small portion of it, but part of it. Before that, Jen, you have a bit of an update of something that we've talked about on the podcast before, too. Tell us about your update. Uh, It was super exciting. I, on the spur of the moment, cashed in some airline miles and took my child with me and we went to England and I got to go back. And I know we've talked about this before a little bit is that I have a playground that was named for me and that I helped like raise all the funds for, but it didn't get built fully until after I had left and moved back. And I got to go see the playground. It was amazing. Was it amazing? Tell us what, what was the playground like? I mean, it's, I mean, a very typical British playground. It's kind of like the, you know, like all the stick construction and um, like kind of webbing to climb. I definitely like climbed a little bit on it, not a ton. Um, And are we posting a picture? So I have posted a picture in our Facebook group. So anybody who goes to the Facebook group, you can find that picture there. And that's a great encouragement for people to join our Facebook group. Uh, So you can go see my picture of me standing under the nameplate with my name on my playground. Uh, It it was truly like uh, just magical and so much fun to get to go see it and get to go back. And since my kiddo went to school there, they also like opened up the school and we got to do a whole tour of the school and see the school again. And it, it was a great day. So, so fun to see such hard work of raising money, like pay off in such a physical way of getting to see the playground that was built and named for you. That's yes. Amazing. Yes. So, I mean, that's my update, but obviously like Jessica's update. Amazing. <laughs> Let's also. Go and we want to hear everybody to hear that one too. Welcome Jessica Fields back to the podcast uh, by specific requests from listeners. We So you reach out, we listen, we beg, beg, begged Jessica to come back. So for those who haven't heard it yet, I definitely recommend going back to, I can't believe it, but a 2018 episode where we interviewed Jessica and I just re-listened to it and it was like, it's so good again that you're just so... I mean, you just give the specifics and tell it like it is. And you're so open about your entire experience um, going through infertility treatments, what that was like, and then turning to adoption. And when we left off, sorry, I'm going to let you talk. Jessica, you're here, right? Hi, Jessica. Hi, (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) Thank you for having me back. I'm so glad you're here. Um, But when we left off, so to catch everyone up, when we left off, um, you had done a home study, you'd signed up with an adoption agency, and you had been on the wait list for, I think, two and a half years at that point. Does that sound right? Yeah, it does. Okay. Take it take it from there. What happened after that podcast? All right. So I can't remember when specifically that one aired, but it wasn't too awfully long after that, that we did get matched. So I can tell you guys a little bit more about that Please. whole process. Um, 
So to give a little bit of kind of follow-up background, I can't remember exactly what I had shared, but we started when we joined or applied for the adoption agency, got home study approved. We started in the pool of adoptive families um, at number 46. And so as the months passed, you know, families were being created and the number was dropping. Um, During that whole period of time, which I guess I probably did cover some of this in the last episode because we were a couple years in by then. Um, But, you know, we did have months where our pool position didn't change. So we would get like a monthly update from the adoption agency from our caseworker um, telling us, you know, what number in the pool we were and if they had had any matches and all of the, you know, details. Um, So it it was a couple years and we did finally break into the twenties and then into the single digits. And up until that point, we really didn't hear very much. It was kind of, it was just, you know, a monthly update. We weren't really getting any possible matches for ourselves. It was just kind of, we were very high up in the pool and they started at the bottom of the pool. And so we didn't really expect to get much. Um, But then once we started, you know, getting into the twenties and the single digits, it started to get much more exciting, I would say, but also, I mean, also a little bit heartbreaking in moments because I was just saying like that has to be the hardest version of exciting ever right like that you're like maybe 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 and it you know when when if ever does this ever come yeah that's it, it was exactly that like it was very exciting because we were being told that um you know like there were new cases to consider so the agency would contact us and they would say you know here's a case that we have and give us the specifics of it and did we want to be considered or did we not want to be considered for the specifics of the cases Um, so it was very exciting but then we also we were excited until we started being disregarded you know like it was very it was exciting you would say yes and then they would be like no they didn't choose you is that what was happening yeah and so it was like very I don't know it was exciting to be told and then as soon as we got told oh no, they picked somebody else. Then it was like, are we not good enough? Like what, what's wrong with us that this isn't happening, especially after being in that for so long, you know? Um, and so, you know, I always would say like, if you don't know what it feels like to not feel like you're good enough, be thankful because it really sucks when you feel like you're not. Um, we knew, you know, when we signed up for adoption that we were essentially signing up to be judged not only by you know I mean especially by the agency like that's their job is to make sure that we're fit to be good adoptive parents and so we knew that but I think we just kind of underestimated how hard that was going to be having other people like judge everything about you and then also the you know the possible birth parents like they were very much looking at all of these different couples and trying to decide who they thought was best fit for their baby. Did you have a sense of like what birth parents were looking for and why that wasn't matching with you guys who are so lovely and wonderful? I mean, we kind of like, we knew 
part part of what they would tell us when they called us with a situation was what kind of things the birth parents were looking for, if any. And so we we knew a little bit, I would say, but we didn't ever really know the specifics of like why they picked somebody else. Like that's not really, I guess, something that we would ask either, like or expect them to explain. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) But um it was the beginning of July. We actually, so July of 2018, let's rewind a little bit here, guys, um, that we got a call from our agency. There was a birth mom who was due at the end of August, and they wanted to know, they would always ask us, they'd give us like the rundown and then ask us if we wanted our profile to be shown because we had a completed profile on file and it was just, are we interested or are we not? And I don't remember how much I told you guys about the process of that but we had to fill out as you know prospective adoptive parents we had to fill out this quite large checklist of things that we were like willing to accept like medical conditions things like that Um, and then they the birth parents also had the option to kind of like fill out things that they were looking for And then they would try to, they would start from like number one in the pool and they would try to see what situations matched up the most. And I know that for us, when we were filling out the checklist, it was like a lot of it was like, please contact us because Mm. I couldn't just make a decision on some of those specifics without like knowing the specifics of the situation. So I didn't want to not have us considered but I didn't want to have us immediately considered either I kind of wanted to make that decision at the time yeah so they asked us if we wanted our profile shown um kind of filled us in on everything they knew I'll be honest it wasn't very much that they knew um so after discussing what little information we had we did decide that we wanted our profile to be shown Um, after that, I mean, I, at this point, this wasn't our first time having our profile shown. Like I said, there was a few situations before that, and I had gotten pretty invested in those situations. And so then I, then I, you know, got turned down, obviously that's why we were now being considered for this one. Um, so I was pretty disconnected if I'm being honest, I was like, trying to preserve my own mental health and to protect yourself at some point. Yeah. Like I couldn't just be invested. I was very disconnected and I kept trying to tell myself that I needed to be disconnected because I just, it was too hard. Those like, you know, a few times before. So kind of kept myself as a distant, um, at a distance. We actually, so the beginning of July, we actually had planned a trip with the rest of my family. I had a sibling that moved out of state and we were going to visit him um, in July. And so we had this all planned with everybody. You know, we were very excited. Um, The day before we were actually supposed to leave to go visit him, uh, I remember it. I don't know. I want to say clearly, but then I don't remember exactly what me and my husband were not getting along about, but we were in a little bit of like a disagreement about something. And of course now it doesn't matter, but 
Um, I just remember having also, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I just remember like us having a disagreement. I was angry about something, you know? Um, And then like a few hours later in the morning, he was calling me. So I was just thinking that we were going to talk about whatever it was that I was upset about. And then um, when I answered, he told me to hang on that he was like trying to figure out how to connect a call to ours. And I was like, what? And then I heard our caseworker come on the line and she went on to tell us that we had been picked. Um, And I was like in shock. Like I really don't even remember most of that conversation. I tried to get like the little tidbits because it just, I don't know, it was such a weird morning and I just don't think you can ever really be prepared for that call. So super exciting. Um, They did tell us at the time that the birth mother was at a high risk with preeclampsia and that it was a baby girl and that they thought she might get, she might be born over the weekend. So remember, this is the night before we're supposed to leave with like all of my family on a road trip. Right. Right. (laughs) So I'm like, this is, you know, great timing, but it doesn't even matter, you know, at this point, like, drop everything and yeah omg you know (laughs) and so um they wanted us to come down to the agency the next morning they would do like a formal presentation of everything that they know and then we get to decide if we want to be matched so at this point we had agreed to have our profile shown birth mother had said she wanted to select us and then we got like the lowdown and it was our decision at that point, if we wanted to be matched. Mm -hmm. So we went down the next day, um, told everybody else to like hit the road without us. You know, we were, we were staying behind. We might be parents over the weekend. So of course, like my, my uh, parents were who we were going with and like, they were kind of hesitant to leave, but they did. Everybody got in the car. They left except us. Um, We went down to the agency. We, got all the information we went and had lunch talked about everything and then we decided that we wanted to be matched so can i go back and ask a question about that were you hesitant for them to go with away or did you want them to go just because you were i mean and i'm just really curious about the emotions behind that like were you afraid something might happen and it might fall through so you didn't want them to be there for that or would you have wanted them to be there for that like where did you fall in that You know, I don't think I had much hesitation about them leaving because I think if things had started to, you know, go awry, I probably would have kind of wanted to just be me and my husband and figure out how to deal with that on our own without having kind of the overwhelmingness of everybody. Um, So I, I, I don't know. I guess I didn't really have a feeling either way I didn't want them to not go on the trip because we had been planning it for like months and months so I wouldn't have expected them to stay behind but it was okay, like and a it's such an old emotion time. question too yeah it's such an yeah. old emotion question too right like so it's a hard one to answer <laughs> yeah yeah but I mean they left um we decided we wanted to be matched and then things actually like calmed down quite a bit with the birth mother and they decided against inducing. And so 
she had like they it had obviously calmed down quite a bit because she wasn't gonna follow up with an appointment until the following week um so they weren't expecting baby over the weekend anymore so we decided that we were gonna pack up and hit the road and go because otherwise what were we gonna do just sit there and like stir you know and if we had to come back over the mountains because my brother moved to utah um so if we had to come back over the mountains well that would be like the best trip of our life and it would be fine and we would just you know whatever um and so it was like kind of a crazy decision because we didn't get I think packed and like leaving Denver until like three o'clock in the afternoon which was a terrible decision because (laughs) driving I-70 at that time is just ridiculous but um we I mean long story short, we didn't make it to my brother's until like three o'clock in the morning, but we did, we were like on such a high, you know, um, and it was really cool to be able to spend that moment with my family because it was like very exciting. You know, I think had it been the other way around, I don't know, like I said, I think I might've just needed some time to process like that, that, you know, everything had just happened the way it did, but it was really cool to like spend that positive moment with my family. And we were all just like on pins and needles, like, is is the baby going to be born over the weekend? You know, like, are we going to leave or are we going to stay or what? So we spent a couple days in Utah. Um, We didn't get a call that we needed to come home, but we were okay with that because the baby wasn't supposed to be due until the end of August. So we were like, keep her in the oven if she can be kept in the oven you know um so on our way home we hadn't heard anything and so we called um at that time it became very clear like our high kind of we had a level set again I think because we were on such a high and so it just became very clear that it wasn't a very stable situation um there uh, one thing I don't think I mentioned before was part of us making the decision if we wanted our um, profile to be shown was there had been no prenatal care and so we really didn't have anything to go off of for the health of this baby and so it was like you know it it was a that was the information we had and we had to make a decision and so um, they had coordinated some prenatal care but we still didn't have like any information. So we had matched, we were told that prenatal care was happening, but we were asking for like the records of the information and we weren't getting anything. And it was like Hmm. very frustrating. Did the agency tell you why you weren't getting those records? Um, Not that I remember. I think they were having a hard time getting like records released or something. Hmm. And so it was just, I don't know, it was a hard place to be in because we were like very excited, but also really wanting to know whatever information that they had. Um, And they just really couldn't tell us anything. So she was starting to get regular prenatal care. Um, We kept asking for details, but we weren't really getting anything. Nobody was in a hurry, just us, you know, everything else was like taking their sweet time or at least it seemed, you know. And so, um, but the birth mother during all of this had decided that she wanted to meet us. And so we had scheduled to meet her 
Um, she really felt that she needed that before she could, you know, just make a decision off of like some profile pictures and some information. And so we, um, we're really excited, but also yeah. like, it was like nerve wracking, you yeah, know, we're meeting sure. this person. We want to make a good impression. And to be 100% you know. judged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it was like, um, I don't know. It was nerve wracking, but we were very excited. And then the day that we were actually supposed to meet her, um, the agency called and she was having a C-section at that moment. Oh, wow. Okay. (laughs) And so everything changed and we were like, okay. So we hadn't had a chance to meet her, which we didn't really know what that meant. You know, was she still on board? Was she questioning her decision? You know, what did that mean? for us but our meeting was supposed to be that afternoon it was no longer that afternoon so knowing that you know she was in having a c-section I waited most of the day very impatiently um trying to find out like what was going on was everything okay all of that I finally heard from them late in the afternoon and they said that birth mom was still in recovery wasn't in a very good mental space Mm. and not to plan to meet her that afternoon, but that they would work on trying to get us, you know, down there maybe the next day. Okay. No information about the baby. I was, was that, was that the weekend or did you have work the next day and you're just, uh, no, I'm pretty sure we had scheduled like time off and I probably just, I mean, there was so much that I honestly has been kind of disconnected from it now, but. um, And the no no information about the baby though, was that because they didn't have information or because they weren't allowed to tell you? um, What I was getting was that they didn't have it. And I was so angry. Like we had been asking this whole time for pre, you know, the prenatal care information. We weren't given anything, weren't giving anything. Okay. Well, baby is here now. And you still can't tell me anything like I'm matched, you know, like, why can you not tell me this? You know, I was, oh, I was so mad. And um, I I was also like, why can't we go visit her? And um, I honestly, I just like broke down in tears. And then finally, and I just, it was the first time I think I had ever shown like actual emotion to my caseworker because you know it's it's such a nerve-wracking process like you know going through all of the questionnaires and everything you like just like try and be strong and tough and not let things bug you and I just like broke down I remember like I called and I was like I'm so upset I don't understand why I can't get more information I'm so invested like I need information so finally I got information I had been told that our little girl was born that morning. Um, I was given her weight and her length and her APGAR scores. Everything was really good. So that was a relief, very little information, but a relief. Um, birth mom was still recovering and they were going to try and get in touch with her the next morning to see if we could come to meet her and hopefully the baby. So, Next morning, agency let us know that her counselor, because the agency, we have a caseworker and then the birth mom also has a caseworker counselor. Mm -hmm. 
And so she had touch base with the birth mother, was going to go visit her. Um, she was saying at that point that birth mom was sad about making a plan of adoption, but that she knew that it was like the choice that she needed to make that she wasn't able to parent. Yeah. And so she went, they like met, I guess she was still pretty like groggy and sleepy um, from recovery and she wasn't able to really get her to agree for us to come down. Um, and she expressed that she was really struggling because she felt like she was bonding with the baby. And so, but, but she still wanted to meet us. So it was like this roller coaster of emotions for us because it was like, baby's already here now. Like obviously things didn't go as to plan with us meeting her, but we were so invested and it just like kept, like, it was like, is she thinking about not making a plan of adoption? Like what, having her there with the baby, of course she's going to bond with the baby. So it was torture. It was torture. Um, so later that afternoon, agency said that, um, things had taken a turn and that we should not count on coming to the hospital over the weekend. So this was during the week. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to say it was like a Thursday or something. Um, so we were like, okay, so now what, what you know? Yeah. Like, what do you mean? It's taken a turn, you know, like, what do we, where do we go from here? Um, and so at that point, um, things were not looking good for a private plan of adoption. And because of whatever had transpired there, the County had actually been contacted. So that complicated things a lot more. Um, That weekend I remember was so hard. Um, We were like on such high highs and then we were just right back to like a very low, low. Um, We couldn't stop thinking about her though. Like we, I remember we were like trying to keep ourselves busy with like house projects and stuff. And we just, couldn't stop it was like such a roller coaster of emotions like if if she was ours we were missing that very important time with her um and so we were told we would hear something on monday so monday came we didn't get good news the county had actually placed the baby in foster care um over the weekend I wasn't told until Monday. I was, again, so angry. Um, Mm. Like, why was she in foster care? As far as I was concerned, she should be at home with us, you know? Um, So, like, what is going on? Um, Birth mom did contact the agency, said that she still wanted to make a plan of adoption. But at that point, the county was already involved. Um, Ellen, as you probably know, that's very complicating so um if she still wanted to make a plan of adoption she was gonna have to like communicate that at her hearing um so tuesday rolls around agency called told us that their attorney was able to work with the county's attorney and that the county was agreeing to drop the case and allow the birth mother to make a private plan of adoption as long as she signed all the paperwork. 
So we were told that she was there at the moment signing her paperwork and she still really wanted to meet us. So we scheduled to meet with her the following morning. Um, Oh, just coming back to all of this just like makes me want to cry all over again. But so late that night, we got an email from our caseworker. County had changed their mind. They decided they were going to pursue charges. And our meeting with the birth mother was canceled. So, again, we're just like broken, angry, confused. Like, how much more do we take? Do we need to walk away for our own preservation? Do we need to keep fighting? Like, what do we do? Yeah. So, my husband and I, we kind of deal with things quite differently, as I feel like is probably the case in most marriages. Um, so we just kind of kept to ourselves that night, kind of processed things on our own, didn't even really talk to each other that much, just we're trying to figure out where we were at as individuals in that. Um, agency called us on Wednesday morning and said that their attorney was heading to the hearing that afternoon, that they would call us after the hearing with an update. So we sat down, we talked to each other, like trying to get like a pulse, like, are we still going to remain invested in this? Do we need to walk away because we can't take any more of this up, down, up, down. Right. It's like Um, the the torture continues. There's no resolution either way. Yeah. And so both of us decided like we were not ready to walk away. We felt very connected. Um, We were prepared to fight with her in any way or fight for her in any way that we could. So I um, was heading out actually to go grab us some lunch and I got a call from the agency. Um, The County had decided to drop the charges. Okay. Back there. We're back at that point again. Great. Yep. So we were able to move forward again. Birth mom wanted to meet us in 30 minutes, 30 minutes. What? I'm going, oh, no. you know, um, and I'm going, what? 30 minutes? Like, if I'm being How honest about, oh, they actually were kind of close to where we no, were, which is, I think, okay. why the 30 minutes came into play. But oh, I mean, after the evening or just like week leading up oh. to where we were, like, I had not showered. I was a... <sighs> mess you know trying to just like work still and like um I don't know it was it was craziness but like at at the same time where you're like freaking out about that it's like okay now this is finally gonna happen you know are we back to trying to go up on this roller coaster ride um so we got ourselves ready jumped in the car definitely didn't think about meeting her that way but we had 30 minutes and yeah. about at least 10 or 15 of that was in the car. So we had to hurry shower up. or you're like, I, I did not. I, can't, I, I like sponge yeah, bath. No I uh, dry shampooed my hair, you uh, know, tried to make yes. myself not smell and uh, look like a wreck. And we uh, went down to go meet her. So we were able to meet our daughter's birth mom that afternoon. We sat, we talked, 
she told us about her and her family. We told her about us and ours. Um, and she liked us. So like we shared her profile or she had shared our profile with her mom. Um, her mom liked us. And so kind of circling back to that feeling I said in the beginning, like we were good enough, you know, it was, she wanted us to parent her baby. And I always say like the depth of that privilege is not lost on me, you know, um, rest of the day was very crazy. It was quite the whirlwind. We left from the meeting. We were told that we would probably, um, need to meet at the agency in a couple of hours. So we got in the car, um, called both of our moms right away. Cause they had been kind of along for the ride with us, you know, and yeah. we, we actually hadn't told them when we were on our way down to go meet her because for one, it was just like too crazy. And then for two, we wanted to like deal with that ourselves without involving anybody else until we knew what was happening. Um, so they came over, they like helped clean the house um, and like get things ready. We, you know, Cody was installing a car seat and I was <laughs> um, like sterilizing bottles. Like thankfully we had had a um, baby shower about a year prior to that. Mm-hmm. And um, all of our family and friends had like really supported us because we didn't know when it was going to happen, but we knew it was going to happen. And so we like wanted to be as prepared as we could. We had started to like, you know, decorate the room. And at one point, you know, during the journey, like we just really had to pause and keep the door closed because it just got too hard. But we had like everything that we could possibly need in that room in boxes, you know, like ready, but not ready you know? (laughs) And so it was like, oh my gosh, if we're going to have a baby in a matter of hours, we need to get this together. So our moms were saviors and came over and helped get things like that ready. And we were just kind of waiting for the call from the agency to tell us like, yes, for sure. Let's go. Um, so we got the call. We, um, drove down to the agency. It was very crazy walking into that building with an empty car seat yeah. and then walking out with a beautiful little baby girl in that car seat and like it was that your first moment getting to meet her? Yeah. Uh well, getting to meet birth mom baby. or baby? Baby, baby. Yes. So we waited, like we had to go in and we had to finish all of our like final paperwork. We had already done quite a bit of it, but there was, you know, things that had to be done there in that moment. So we did that. And because the county had been involved and she was actually in a foster situation, the foster family had to drop her off to a county worker. The county worker then had to bring her to the agency. And so um, that was kind of like the give us a couple of hours and then meet down at the agency because they had to get all of that coordinated. Yeah. And so we were just like, we finished all of our paperwork and then we were just like sitting down there at the end in one of the rooms in the agency. And we're just waiting. Like you could hear a pin drop. It was 
we were we were like the only ones there um and then I remember hearing the door open and birth mom had come in and had asked if she could have a few moments alone with her um and of course like we wanted to grant that but at the same time we were like no come on we waited long enough like you know so it was it was hard because we were like sitting down the hall from this little girl and wanted to meet her so badly, but we let birth mom have a few minutes and then they invited us in. Um, we all got to sit together, all four of us for some time. Um, they're supposed to do like a ceremonial thing um, that they have like planned out that we had been told all about and birth mom didn't want to do that so Mm. we didn't get to do that but we um got to what's it supposed to involve um from what they had said it was just kind of like a passing her over to us there's like candles and you know it's just supposed to be this like a very special moment of her getting to say goodbye essentially and then us getting to welcome her it's kind of just like a ceremonial thing I guess you know Mm. just to kind of like make it official I don't know um so we spent a few moments all together and then she left and then we got a few moments ourselves just us and our brand new little baby um Mm. I remember going, we actually left to the room that we were all in and we went down the hall into another room um, and Cody had picked out a onesie that he wanted to bring her home in. It was bright pink, like the color of her room now. <laughs> and um, it said loved on it. And so we went and changed our first diaper and put her onesie on and got her all ready to go and of course tears are just like streaming down my face the whole time we get her in her car seat and we walk out that door and it was like nothing's gonna change right you know like this is it like this is for real um and so it was it was crazy and I remember coming home and like my whole family and his family were all there you know, waiting for us when we got home because both of our moms had been at the house anyway. And so everybody was there when we pulled up and everybody got to meet her and um, just kind of like soak in everything. And they didn't like overstay their welcome. You know, they stayed for a few minutes. Everybody was very excited. And then they let us have, you know, our night to ourselves Um, like trying to get her used to it we had puppies and Mm -hmm. stuff so making sure that the puppies were going to be good with a brand new baby and um, yeah I don't know was that it like there was no other drama with the adoption right um there were more I mean Colorado is a state where you can't finalize the adoption until six months after and that's pending that like everything goes according to plan Mm -hmm. so um like rights have to be terminated and all of that kind of stuff and um so a lot of that was like in the works but we did have to there were some complexities to her case that we had to 
um, work around, but we, it was on, it was actually Halloween night of 2018 um, that we got word that she was free and clear for adoption. So we didn't have anything else that we needed, like all rights were terminated as needed to be. And um, now we just had to like finish up the process with the agency. You know, they do like additional home visits and things like that to make sure that everything's going well. And then uh, we got to finalize our adoption in February. Um, And was that finally like the relief or how did that feel? Yeah, I remember we actually, the agency invited us to, they do like a big adoption day in court. And that was, I'm pretty sure it was three months to the day from when we brought her home. Um, So we obviously couldn't um, like technically really finalize, but they do adoption day in court where it's like all these families come who are either ready or almost ready to have their adoptions finalized and you go have your day in court in front of the judge um, and they sign off that well for us some people actually like got to finalize their adoption on that day we did not because we still had a few more months to go but um we we got to be a part of that day which was pretty cool but it was still kind of like okay like don't get too excited because after our journey I feel like like all of the ups and downs if I'm being honest it was just like constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop like was everything gonna actually be okay I mean by by then it was in you know November when they did adoption day in court and by then we had already gotten word that she was like free and clear so we at least weren't worrying about any of that and we I mean we were very confident that like the agency was going to sign off it was just a matter of time so it was pretty cool like again our family joined us you know um for the day in court and we got to do that but um actually I remember like I'm still (laughs) I'm still kind of annoyed about it and it's like a silly thing but they had told us like yes it'll be signed off on on this specific day in February. Um, And so I kept following up on it coming February (laughs) and they kept not having the finalized paperwork and they didn't find, they actually didn't sign the paperwork until the 1st of March. And I remember being so mad about it. (laughs) And like, I guess it doesn't really matter anymore, but I would like, you know, we just, we wanted that. We wanted to know that it was done and that there was nothing else to worry about and that we could just not worry anymore. I mean, about that, you know? <laughs> and so um, we still celebrate because we, we actually celebrate every year on her adoption anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's coming up here in like a few weeks. So um we go do something special, just the three of us every year on her adoption day. So we still celebrate it that day in February that it was supposed to be finalized. Mm. (laughs) Even though the paperwork says March, we (laughs) still do it in February (laughs) because to us it was finalized then because the judge said it would be, they just, you know, yeah. So So how are things? How's your family now? Uh, Our life is, very hectic now but (laughs) in like the best possible way um 
So, I mean, obviously this was in 2018, so she's almost four and a half. She was the light of our life and pretty much runs our household, <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs> so um, she's perfect. Like, it's it's weird, and I know that for people who are in, like, the thick of the infertility journey, it's, like, either something that people like to hear or really don't like to hear. Mm. But when it all finally, you know, resolves in whatever way it resolves for everybody it's weird how you look at it and go like it makes sense like all of those situations that I was so upset about and invested in that didn't work out I I do feel like this is the part of me that like you know leans back towards like that spiritual thing where it's like it all makes sense um Mm -hmm. Because I could not imagine being a mom to anybody else. Like, she just fits into our family so perfectly. She's exactly what we were waiting for. She's exactly what we needed. She's spoiled rotten to the core. But but there's nothing more that I would rather do. Like, she's perfect. Just the way she is. It sounds like a true happy ending. It is. It was a rough ride to get there, I'll tell you. But, you know, I guess maybe everything does work out the way it's supposed to. Um, And after all that you shared, I was laughing before we started recording that you're like, and people still tell me, just adopt. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they do actually just... A week ago, I was at a birthday party and somebody said, you know, are you guys going to have any more kids? And I was like, well, as you're aware, it's not the easiest thing for us. So, you know, obviously four years in where we've had a lot of those conversations, um, kind of decided where we're at with that. But I'll tell you, society definitely still doesn't understand things that they should say and things that they should not say. And just adopt is one of those for me, because if people knew, not even just like, you know, I, I do talk and I have always talked in the past about like the financial piece of it, because that is a very real thing. But aside from just the financial piece of it, <clears throat> there's so much involved and it's not just adopting. There's a lot to it. I mean, I just told you our whole story. Like, yeah. it was not just adopting. It was it was a long road. But now I look back and, like, I, of course, wouldn't change any of it because it brought me my little girl. So... Uh, I, I love that. I love that there is a happy ending for your family and that you have this beautiful family that gets to continue to grow and love each other. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to share the, the update, which is, you know, also just the most amazing story. Um, you're very welcome. Thank you for asking me to come back. Yeah. 
Our immense thanks to Jessica for sharing her next chapter of her story, um, sharing so many details that I feel like some people just never hear about how, right. you know, right. how things go. And again, being so open and honest yeah. and raw about the good and the bad, right? Like, because yeah. some of this is just, you know, everybody's like, oh, we can go back to so many other episodes, but like the just adopt myth and all that stuff. Like, yeah. it's not that easy. And it really like takes such an emotional toll on people. But we are so glad that she reached that happy place and is experiencing that now and was willing to come to come back. Yay, yes. So um, thank you all for coming back to us every week, right? (laughs) So uh, obviously we've invited people to join our Facebook group. Uh, You do, I will reiterate, have to answer the questions or I will not let you in because there might be some people who are a little weird out there. Uh, but and the, and the answer is, uh, I want to sell you a home warranty loan. Is that is that right? If, no. if you answer that, I will hundred percent let you in. Um, so, but you can also give us a call at three zero three. 997-1903 and leave us a message. Um, this episode I actually is a direct result of somebody doing just that and they asked how Jessica was doing and what happened. So this Ta-da! it works, right? So this is proof positive. Give us a call. It works. Um, thank you as always to everyone who helps us on our team, to Amanda, to Tyler, to Melissa, we so appreciate you. And of course, we appreciate all of you who show up and listen every week. Thank you.